What up? We are back again today in the studio, and it is time to get the ball rolling. What up? We are back again, ladies and gentlemen, in the studio. Really, really excited to bring to you guys a very, very special interview. Um, let's go back. Uh, about a year ago, we started this Get the Ball Rolling, and I am a huge fan of college football. As you guys have known and our fans that we have accumulated over this last year, we thank you. Uh, you can always follow updates at Get Rolling 19 on Twitter and um, you know all the other social media platforms. But anyway, we're so happy to be able to have these unique opportunities to bring coaches on. Uh, coaches are very busy people, and they are very, you know, they're doing a lot. We're just going to put it like that. Uh, they're able to, you know, multitask so many things from, you know, game planning, and then they're getting ready for the travel. They're coaching individual players. They're looking at their opponent. They are awesome, and uh, we thank all of the coaches that always come on, but this one is specifically very important. We're going to be bringing on uh, the tight ends and the recruiting coordinator from Appalachian State Mountaineers uh, in the FBS. That's right. We're getting our first FBS team on the show. Uh, a lot of us have followed the FCS, right? Uh, this past year, uh, we're able to, to, to talk to Coach Watts. Extremely grateful for him to come on the show and uh, talk about Appalachian State. Now, uh, all I'm going to say is that for those of you who have followed us throughout this past year, we love Appalachian State. I mean, we talked about them a ton last year. We discussed the games of the week. Uh, we made a prediction. Last year, we had them going 11-1 and one was our prediction. They ended up going, I mean, regular season, right? And then they, and then we had them winning the conference championships. We actually predicted their schedule, right? Uh, we talked about them. I'm, I'm pulling up... Uh, the papers right now we talked about them a total of seven times uh they were the game of the week out of the sunbelt conference so uh i mean, I mean we followed that we you know we seemed to be a, a pretty big fan favorite last year the games of the week we had them on there seven times so this is incredible uh we've been you know appalachian state fans on this show we're everybody's fans and we're willing to talk to anybody uh that wants to come on the show and then just talk some football but i have a myriad of questions that i would like to get to uh, obviously with time constraints we're not going to take up his entire time but uh we'll be gracious to to be able to ask him some questions about you know appalachian state about him in his playing career he he uh, actually played for five years at clemson university under uh, Coach West and then Coach Bowden, Tommy Bowden, uh, who is the precursor to Dabo Sweeney now. So obviously I got some questions there. Uh, he was able to coach under Coach Satterfield, which uh, you guys know he's on the the top five coaches that, that we were, top five people that we'd want to come on the show. Uh, really, Coach Satterfield is, is an amazing coach, and we followed him, uh, talked a lot about Louisville last year as well, or Lovell, however you want to pronounce it. And then, uh, you know, I'll also, uh, Coach Drinkwitz, and uh, I actually was able to watch. Uh, I was going through their schedule, and 
myself, and, and you got to understand, I'm married as well. It was my first year of marriage, and my wife is not into football. So, uh, you know, when I was able to watch football, it was a really big blessing, but I actually ended up watching uh, 10 of their games uh, regular season. I did watch the conference championship and the bowl game. So, very grateful. Uh, again, we've been fans and been following them. And honestly, this is extremely special to me because. You know, Appalachian State is just this such a unique team, and it's always baffled me. They're always like, uh, I guess it goes back really to 2007. Uh, and you got to understand, in 2007, I was 10 years old. So, I mean, I'm just a little guy uh, running around, and I remember that I had played a, a little Mighty Might football game that day that Appalachian State beat Michigan. I remember coming home. I believe my game was around noon. Uh, my dad had it on TiVo or or whatever the precursor to TiVo. I mean, we had it recorded. We might have even been using the VCR to record the game in live time. But uh, I remember coming home and watching the last like two minutes. And my dad is a huge, huge, huge Michigan fan. I mean, he he he. I mean, he applied to Michigan just to say he got accepted. I mean. He loves Michigan, and so likely, you know, I pro I've cheered for Michigan uh, throughout. I'm not a huge fan, but you know, I I like to see my dad happy, so I'll cheer for him to be. But I remember just uh, like utter disbelief on my dad's face. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, Dad, where is Appalachian State? I probably was like Appalachian. Uh, if you want to throw back, you know, kind of like a Western accent that we have out here. But what is that? Who are they? Where did they come from? And they were in the FCS at the time. And they slayed the mighty, mighty Wolverines. Uh, really, again, it's kind of... I. I hate to compare it to like 9-11, but I feel like there's certain uh, events. I mean, I, I've heard of people, you know, OJ driving on the freeway away from the cops. 9-11, uh, where were you? Uh, where were you? Obviously, probably when the country started down with this whole coronavirus thing, that would be kind of remembered. Uh, where were you when LeBron came back 3-1? Were you watching? Uh, there's certain moments in sports that you just kind of remember. Every year we have a national championship. Every year we have bowl games. Every year we play at least 12 games for the majority of the, of the teams, right? And there's a few of them that are memorable. And this is just one of those memories that I have. And so uh, thinking back, I mean, I was 10 years old and I can remember it's like, wow. And uh, ever since I was 10, I've actually... I was eight when I got my first, uh, I, I got an Athlon sports book and, and, a, and a Phil Steele book. And I would always fill out the, the schedules of who I thought was going to win, who I thought was going to lose. I was eight. So when I was 10, you know, I'm like, dang it, dad, I want to get the FCS version. I want to, I want to, I want to, you know, write down to see how they are. And I remember watching them on ESPN uh, later that year, you know, in the, in the playoffs and stuff like that. But it didn't, I mean, obviously I was 10. It didn't make sense to me. I, I was all of what, fifth grade, maybe sixth grade at the, at the oldest, maybe, I don't know probably like four, maybe even fourth grade, fourth or fifth grade. Anyway, so you got to understand the, the the entire context and stuff. But uh, I've been enamored by this team. I've, I've followed them for a very long time. Uh, when they came into the league, I mean, they, they joined the FBS uh, in 2014. Uh, was their first year in the FBS. Sco Coach Scott Satterfield, I believe 13 was a transition year. If I remember correctly, they did go four and eight that year. Uh but anyway, so they transitioned. Uh, 14, they went 7 and 5. 15, they went 11 and 2. 16, they went 10 and 3. 17, they went 9 and 4. Uh, 18, they went 11 and 2. And last year, they went 13 and 1. And uh, we're going to, I'll pull up uh, their. 
top 25. I believe they finished in the teams uh, this last year. Uh, but we'll pull up that and get you guys this exact information. But these guys, I mean, Appalachian State uh, finished very high. Uh, it was the most wins. Uh, 13 wins was the most of a North Carolina school ever. So, that, I mean, that, that alone. I mean, you're going to think, well, you know, Duke, North Carolina, what is it, Wake Forest is there. You're like, wow, uh, North Carolina State. Yeah, no, they got to 13. So Appalachian State finished 19th in the in the AP Top 25. And really, in my opinion, I would probably have them a little bit higher. Uh, you know, we I don't think we did a final Top 25 rankings for the last, uh, like last year. But anyway, we're extremely excited to talk about it. Hopefully we can get into, I mean... With this whole coronavirus thing, you got to understand things are going to be a little bit different. Recruiting's different. Uh, obviously, meetings are different. So we'll ask a little bit how they're adapting there. Uh, Coach Watts is coming up. We're going to call him, bring him in uh, here in just a moment. Uh, stay tuned. After the ad break, we'll bring him in. And... Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll call him during the ad break, and then we'll bring him in, uh, and then we'll discuss afterwards. So stay tuned. After the ad, we're having Coach Justin Watts of Appalachian State Football. Welcome back to Get the Ball Rolling. We have a special treat and an interview for you guys today. Uh, we have Coach Justin Watts of Appalachian State. Uh, Coach Watts has he started his playing uh, career at Clemson University. Uh, he is coached at Chattanooga, Middle Tennessee State, and now onto Appalachian State as the wide receivers coach for a while, and then onto the tight ends and recruiting coordinator. Welcome on, Coach. We're super excited. Uh, how are you doing out there in uh, North Carolina right now? Doing good. It's uh, you know just trying, trying like everybody else, adjusting to, to staying at home right now and uh, hanging around my family a lot more than used to at this time of year. Used to be on the road recruiting, and uh, but everything is going good. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, for sure. So, has a lot of things changed? I mean, being the recruiting coordinator, how has that affected? I mean, this whole coronavirus. Are you still getting the same amount of recruits? Are you still going to be able to talk to the to the kids and stuff? Has it been easier or harder during the pandemic? Yeah, it's been easier to contact these kids because you know most of them usually they're sitting in school in English and math class. Right now, they're at home. And, um, you know, they're still doing their work, but you're able to contact the kids throughout the day. The big change has been not being able to get off your campus and see actual practices and camps and that type of stuff. And then the, the same thing with these guys, you know, elimination of all the junior days and those things where kids and their family were able to come up to your to your campus and you could showcase your facilities and, you know, what we've done. And that's been eliminated. So now it's just a lot of Zoom calls, uh, a lot of FaceTime calls and, uh, you know, just, just sitting around watching a lot of recruiting tape. Sweet, sweet. So, Coach, you started your collegiate career as a wide receiver at Clemson. For those of my audience that have never been to Clemson, South Carolina, and never experienced Death Valley, what is it like? I mean, let's start there. What is it like playing in Death Valley, uh, Clemson, South Carolina? It's a special place. You know, I've, I've had the, the luxury of playing there. Uh, for five years, actually, GA in there for two years. And then I've had to go back there as an opposing coach, and I can tell you it's difficult. Um, you know, those fans there have uh, – you know, they love college football. They love their Tigers. And what Coach Sweeney's done there the last, you know, seven, eight years has been impressive. You know, they, they've kind of set off the arms race and facilities, and, uh, you know, and that place is loud. Um, you know, I can remember playing back uh, Bowden Bowl one. And, and place was so loud you couldn't you couldn't hear. Um, so it's, I think it's an opposing place for for 
um, teams to come into. And, uh, you know, now with the talent that they've got there, uh, it's not fun for anybody to go. But, um, you know, they, they, it's a beautiful campus, um, and they, they've done just done a great job, like I said, with facilities. And they, they're able to pack it out each week. And, uh, you know, when they load, load up those uh, the buses and ride around to the hill to get ready to run down, it's a, it's a special scene. Sweet. So how did he, I mean, you mentioned uh, Coach Bowden. How did playing, you know, you were in kind of a transition there. Your, I believe it was your senior season. But how did playing for, you know, two great coaches influence you as a coach? I, I think every coach that you play for or you come around, you got to take stuff from them. I mean, I, I played for my father in high school and I, I attribute a lot of my coaching and my style to, to, to being around him each day. And then, you know, I played three years for Tommy West at Clemson and two from Tommy Bowden. And, and I really learned a lot from those, um, you know, being around coach Bowden on a daily basis as a player was, um, was, was a good deal. You know, he came in and my senior year, I believe at one point we were eighth and eight, no, and third in the country. And, uh, just seeing how he handled the team was, was, was fun. And then probably learned the most. And I appreciated what college coaches do those following two years when I was a graduate assistant. And I worked, um, you know, under coach Bowden and then also with coach Rick Stockstill, who I coached with, uh, under at uh, middle Tennessee. Mm -hmm. So just, uh, but, but seeing just the, the way they handled, each situation that came up, game planning, you know, how many two-point plays to come up with. And then there's the way uh, – I thought Coach Bowden was a really good motivator, how he was able to to um, challenge the team and, uh, you know, and knew when to kind of push the right button. So, I, But I think every coach you come in contact with, every person you come in contact with, you, you got to take something from it. It doesn't always have to be positive. I mean, I, you've worked with and I've, I've worked with guys and been with guys that you say, hey, I see how that guy's doing that. I don't want to do that. But um, I think being around Coach Bowden, you can take a lot of things that he did and say, hey, th that's the right way to do it. And I think it's going to create the most success. Yeah, for sure. All righty. So we're going to go back to 2018. You guys are, you know, the underdogs playing in Happy Valley against Penn State. What were your emotions when you guys scored 28 points in that fourth quarter? And what was your message to the team going into overtime in that game specifically? Yeah, it was it was an exciting week leading up to that. Um. You know, we had some coaches who had been in that conference and played up there, and they kept telling us how loud it was. And honestly, it, it was a great environment. The fans were unbelievable, um, but it never really got that loud until, until overtime. And uh, they, they scored at the end, and we missed a kick and go into overtime. And uh, we, we were just kind of kind of telling our team, it, if you followed App State around, you know, we, we, weren't, we weren't in the moral victories. And um, so we weren't there to say, hey, we lost in overtime, and guys, it'll be okay, and we'll keep the season going. We were, we were a young football team, um, and, and we were playing. Uh, you know, Zach Thomas had his first start at quarterback that day, and mm -hmm. we were really worried going into that, you know, how he would, how he would react. And uh, he played a heck of a game and, and kept us in it, and our defense play, made some uh, good stops there at the end, and we were able to kind of ball bounced our way for a little while and, and we went in um we went into it to, to win and uh you know we told them that and they scored first and uh we were we were going to be aggressive we actually threw a pick into the end zone and we had already made up our uh, coach Satterfield had already made up his mind that we were going for two if we scored you know we were we were going to try to win the game and um you know and that's our mentality around here at all times but uh you know that that uh that team from Penn State had a bunch of great players um the quarterback was a winner um, I can't think. Remember number nine? I can't remember his name, but I remember finding him after the game, and he he, he was a he was a heck of a player. And um, you know they they went on to have a good year. But our guys were were just you know when when you get into a moment like that, you kind of try to 
dumbed down everything just a little bit. And hey, guys, it's about fundamentals. It's about doing your job. You know, just make the play when it comes your way. For sure, for sure. And and I mean, I I really like how you said. You know, people who follow App State, they're not into moral victories because back. I mean, I feel like it's kind of. I, I don't I don't want to compare it to nine eleven, but the win against Michigan is kind of like where were you in two thousand seven oh, yeah. when App State went into the big house and won. And then, I mean, last year you guys go on the road, beat North Carolina, beat South Carolina. Why? What? What makes Appalachian State? What makes them like the Power Five busters? I mean, what? What makes it uh, that way? I, I, don't, I don't know. I think we the culture around here. Number one, um, you know, Coach Jerry Moore was here for forever and created a culture that. You know, and we, we try to live by it. I mean, we don't back down from anybody in recruiting. We don't back down playing anybody. Does that mean we're going to beat everybody? No. Are we going to win in recruiting always? No. But but we recruit guys who have a chip on their shoulder. Um, we train. We feel like we train a little different up here on the mountain. You know, our guys, whether it's right or wrong or, or true or not, our guys believe that. Um, so when it gets down to close games in the fourth quarter, we we, we feel like um, we've got a shot. And, and, you know, since the Michigan win, you know, I def- obviously wasn't here for that. But, you know, every recruit still remembers that. Every recruit's <laughs> parents remember that. You know, when it got kind of – you kind of had to do something to, to do it. You know, since I've been here, we'd lost to Tennessee in overtime. We'd lost to Penn State in overtime. We had lost to Wake Forest on the last play of the game by one point, and we missed three field goals and an extra point. So we felt mm-hmm. like – any of those three, we, we could we could have won. So, you know, going into this year, um, you know, obviously our fan base was extremely excited about that North Carolina game, and that was the one that, you know, almost wanted to win just for them because, you know, some of the, the guys who maybe weren't around for the Michigan game or some of the younger fans, it was kind of like, well, well this, is, this is our deal now. You know, we won this one. And then, you know, obviously beating South Carolina down there was impressive. And I, I think it's just, it just goes back to our culture, how we practice, how we prepare. We try to take each game, I know it's cliche, one at a time. And, and uh, you know, we, we talked to our team about playing a, a nameless, faceless opponent, whether it's, you know, somebody in our conference, um, you know, a smaller school, a bigger school. We want to go out and play the best that App State can play on that day. For sure. And does that make it different? I mean, difficult to schedule those teams or like when you're, you guys are calling up, you know, Tennessee, Penn State, are they a little weary now? Like, cause App State has this reputation. Is it, is it harder to schedule the power five games or are they up for the challenge as well? You know, I don't have to deal with that end of it. You know, it's not uh-huh. an athletic director, but I would assume <laughs> that, that it's a little difficult. I mean, um, you know, I, I think a lot of those programs, don't have much to gain from it you know if, if, if you're a major power five program and and you you, you come and uh beat up on app state everybody says well you should have done that uh-huh. and if you you don't play them well and it's close it's well what's wrong with us and if you get beat it's the world's falling i mean we've and you know and i think now we've got our program to a standard you know four years ago we had the university of miami come to our place uh-huh. um you know ne- next year in two years we've got North Carolina coming in three. We've got South Carolina coming. So now we've got to where we're not just we're 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 not satisfied just going and try to get a paycheck, um, you know, to, to to help support our program. We want to win football games, and mm-hmm. um, you know, so, so I'm sure our athletic director Doug Gillen does have his his challenges, and um, you know, but but those are games that you do have to play for financial reasons, and uh, you know, we just try to put everything we can into them. 
For sure. So you guys, you you mentioned that you guys, you know, your culture, uh, you're preparing for a you know, na- nameless, faceless opponent. But you guys did play Louisiana twice last year, uh, once in the regular season, once in the you know, once in the conference championship. D- is it is there a different approach, or is it like every you know, as far as like the game plan goes? Like we know these guys, you know, we've played them this same year. Like, does it make it difficult, or is it just we're going to go out and play App State football and that whatever the end result may be, you know? Yeah, I, I think it depends. Um, you know, we've actually played them four times in two years. We played them twice. Uh, mm-hmm. both, both the last two years, played them in the regular season, then in the championship game, and you know, had the fortune of three of those four being in Boone. So, um, you know, that, that was a big advantage for us. But um, you know, Coach Napier does a great job. I've known him for a long time, back from his Clemson days, and he's done a tremendous job there. And um, you know, we we did a we've done a good job. You know, we we try to self scout after each game, so we'll take notes and say, hey. You know, next year when we play this team, they did this that hurt us. We were successful with this. Um, you know, they may have played a different coverage more often than we thought they would, you know, change some tendencies up. And there was definitely this past year after we played down in Lafayette, we got back. We played on, a, I believe, a Wednesday night maybe. And then, you know, Thursday when we met as a staff, you kind of watched that film a little bit different because you said – you know, they, hey, there's a good chance we're going to end up seeing these guys again. So you took notes just a little bit uh, more meticulous that day, and and, uh, and you kind of said, hey, these were the things that were, were really helpful in us winning the game. And, guys, we thought, hey, maybe we thought we were going to be able to run this play, and we couldn't. So let's don't waste time doing that again the next time. But, you know, each team, I think they change throughout the season, especially when you get to a championship game. Um, you know, Lafayette was playing a lot better than they were earlier in the year, and we felt like we were playing extremely well also. And, you know, some, some teams you have key injuries and guys are out and, and um, you know, things like that. So you, you definitely go back and you study it a lot. But you got to take each game individually. Okay, for sure. And and finally, I mean, a couple more questions left. We're here with uh, Coach Watts, uh, the tight ends uh, coach uh, out of Appalachian State. What are your guys' goals, and what are you most excited about the 2020 season? I mean, is it just we want to go play football? Like that's what I'm excited <laughs> about, or is it like you know we've got goals, or, or or what are you most excited about in your goals, Coach? Um, just I'd love to get back in the office right now. That'd be awesome. <laughs> but, uh, but, no, I mean, we'll get together as this, as this team comes. Every team's different. You know, last year going 13-1 and one and finishing the 18th or 19th in the country, what it was, was a, a, an amazing accomplishment. And, um, you know, we, we as a group will get together with our coaching staff, our senior leaders, and, and each year we'll do this, and we will set the expectations. You know, we're not going to say, hey, we want to go undefeated because – people we don't want to win the Sunbelt championship because people think we should things like that mm-hmm. we want to we're, we're going to set our own expectations and, and that goes back to um you know what I thought we did a great job last year coach Drinkwitz was here and our, our mentality was hey let's just try to go one and oh every week and, and if we win the first game then that, on that Sunday we're going to come in we're going to put it to bed and we're going to try to go to work the next week if you lose you're still going to watch it and you're going to put it to bed and you're going to try to go to work um so we're excited about this team, um, we, we've got, I think, nine returning starters back on offense, mm-hmm. um, bunch of bunch of seniors. I'm excited for one of my best friends, Sean Clark. You know, he, he got the head job this offseason. He's a former App State All-American. And, um, you know, getting to, to, to go to work with him in spring practice and, and see him put his uh, – thumbprint on this on this uh, place that he loves so much is exciting and uh and to be honest with you man we're, I, I just want to get back around our players you know this has been <laughs> tough tough on everybody but uh you know you talk to these guys on the phone you see them on facetime and that type of stuff that he missed just going in the room and, and hanging out with those guys on a daily basis so uh i'd say the main thing is hey let's just 
excited to get back to some semblance of football. Sweet. Awesome. Well, uh, our, our last question was actually submitted uh, by one of our listeners, and I don't want to go too out into the weeds on this, but, you know, App State has had, I mean, 13-1 last year, you know, Final, I mean, you guys were ranked 18th, 19th. I believe you're, you're correct on that. I mean, you guys have had tremendous success in the Sun Belt. You know, UConn moving out and with conferences, you know, constantly changing. Would App State ever consider, you know, going into a different conference? Or, or like, how does that look, you know, from your guys' perspective out there in Boone? Yeah, that's, that's something um, just we, we probably don't talk about it or, or – think about things like that as much as maybe someone in the media or a fan does mm-hmm. just because we're, we're always preaching our players about let's you know live in the moment let's let's take care of our business here and that's the same way we do as coaches um, um you know I, I don't know i mean 10 years ago they were probably they were asking the same question hey will app ever move up to division one yeah you know, and then they finally made the jump and it's been so successful I, who knows with, with the way this uh coronavirus has been and the, the travel restriction and things you know you could see changes in major conference realignment coming a year or two down the road and making things more regional mm-hmm. um yes you know, so i i would be just throwing shots in the dark if i said yeah i thought uh, that they'd be interested in going somewhere and it's that to me that's got so much more to do with the, the, just the football team i mean from an academic academic standpoint basketball baseball all your other sports so um you know i would i would just be making something up if I gave you an answer on that. All righty. Well, there you have it, everyone. Uh, Thank you so much, Coach. This has been a pleasure. We'll definitely continue to follow. We're big App State fans out here in Utah, and uh, we'll continue to provide our fans and uh, all the updates on you guys. So thank you so much for your time. Yeah, appreciate you having me on, and I look forward to being on again sometime. For sure. We'll we'll stay in touch. Have a good one, Coach. Thank you. Bye, Bye. Awesome. Now, what a treat was that? Again, thank you to Coach Justin Watts of Appalachian State Football. Uh, his Twitter handle is is at Coach underscore J Watts uh, of Appalachian State. And I am just so, again, so grateful for them to take time out of their day. Uh, grateful to be able to bring him on and, and really discuss some App State stuff. A lot of things stood out to me. I mean, I'm telling you, uh, some of the some of the questions I'm just truly fascinated by. Uh, number one, I wanted to talk about Clemson. Uh, this is where he started, obviously as a grad assistant as well. Uh, I think there's a few venues in college football that I have circled that I want to go to. So uh, I wanted to know what it was like, you know, playing in Death Valley. And then obviously, I mean, he had coach uh, Tommy Bowden again precursor to Dabo, uh, a wonderful coach, and, and I'm sure that he was able to sit there and pick his brain, but it, but it's really true what he said. Uh, you know, every person that we run into in life, uh, not just in football, right, but in life, we have an opportunity to uh, learn something from them, whether good or bad, right? I want to do that. I don't want to do that, or I don't want to be like that. Really well put. Uh, and then another really interesting thing, and I, and I think I think, I mean, obviously it goes down to, uh, it goes down to culture and in building it the right way and just kind of having that grit and stuff. And uh, I really like when he said, you know, we're training in the hills. Honestly, when I think of the Appalachian Mountains, uh, I'm, I'm from out west, right, from the Rocky Mountains, so I picture the Appalachian, but just kind of like these rolling hills, you know, the Smoky Mountains. I'm trying to, like, put a visual, because I've never been uh, to North Carolina and, and, and seen them, so uh, when he's like, you know, we're training up in the hills, you know, hard work, and then another thing that I really liked is that they, they have, you know, they're playing a, a, a nameless or, or a faceless opponent, and I think that is 
perfect, right? That is probably the best, the the, the most well put that I've that I've ever had when I've answered that uh, asked that question. The best answer I've ever had because each individual opponent in college football is so unique. I mean, you you think about it, you might be going from a run and gun team like like Oregon uh, to an army that is going to try to milk the clock and take twelve minutes off the clock, and you never have the ball. They're going to go for it on fourth down and stuff. So there's such a different. There's so much. Uh, you know, parity within college football. There's no, there's no set plan, but the culture remains the same. I mean, Appalachian State, like you said, uh, you know, took Tennessee to overtime, lost to Wake Forest by one point. Uh, and then, la- I mean, you know, obviously in 18, Penn State lost by, uh, by a touchdown in overtime. That's incredible. Uh, Tennessee was in 2016, actually, lost by a touchdown in overtime. I mean, Tennessee at the time was ranked ninth in the nation, uh, ladies and gentlemen. So this is no, I mean, that's no walk in the park when you're playing these, these teams. I think it's funny what he said, uh, you know, for the big colleges, it's like a lose, lose for them because if they, if they absolutely beat the snot out of them, then it's like, well, you, you know, you should have. And, but then again, like if you lose, I mean that Tennessee, you're like, well, what's going on? That's that's a Sunbelt opponent. Now it is Appalachian State, but that's a Sunbelt opponent. You should have beat them. But, you know, it's awesome to kind of understand the culture. And I think, uh, you know, in this day and age, that culture is is what's going to drive your, your football program. I talked about it, uh, I believe it was two or three weeks ago on the show. I said, you know, veteran quarterbacks, veteran coaches, and culture is what's going to win during this pandemic. If you have a dysfunctional culture, then your players are going to be off doing who knows what during the pandemic. Obviously, I mean, a lot of states have the the stay-at-home order and stuff like that, but you don't know if they're going to be lifting and they're going to be working out. But it really sounds like, you know, uh, Coach Satterfield, Coach Drinkwitz, uh, and now Coach Shaw have really set in place this, this culture, this winning mentality. And then he also said, we're not there for a moral victory. Which I've never, I mean, I've always kind of thought of it. I've never, you know, uh, you know, there's obviously monetary implications and stuff when, when they go and play. But it's like, you know, uh, if you take, uh, you know, Panera Bread from the FCS, I mean, I'm just using a, a vague example, right? And they go and play Oregon and get the snot kicked out of them, you know, 77 to nothing. Well, you know, here here's, you know. because you let us come up and get this not kicked out of you. But, you know, it's like, well, you know, we scored a touchdown against Oregon and Oregon went on to play, you know, Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl and we scored a touchdown on them. That's not good enough for App State. And that was awesome. Again, that goes back to the culture. Uh, I've had a lot of interviews. We've done a lot of interviews on here. And you can kind of tell when a coach starts to talk how the culture is in place. I really think App State has done a tremendous job uh, on that. And and then also, um, you know, I asked about Louisiana. And they have played them four times, which is incredible because – you know, the more you play somebody, uh, the harder I really think it gets. You look at the NBA, they have these seven-game series, and it gets chippy at the end uh, because you know your opponent. It becomes harder because you know uh, you're going to learn Steph Curry's moves. You're going to be watching film. You need, Not only did you play him seven times or potentially in a seven-game series, but you could have played him four times during the regular season. Now, football's a little bit different, right? But football, I mean, uh, Louisiana, at the, at the end of the season, they were playing very well, as was App State, but it but it was really cool, you know. Like, of course, we're gonna we're gonna make these notes after these after game notes. We're gonna get to it on uh, on Sunday. Uh, obviously, after the 
the Louisiana game. It was it was a Thursday, and we're going to write these down, and we're going to prepare for next week. But we're always going to kind of keep it in our hip pocket because we could be playing them again. And, and Billy Napier, he he gave he gave him a shout out. He's a tremendous coach. I actually have a. a some great. I've been able to to really break down his offense. I've I've reached out to a couple of analytic companies. Uh, they've broken it down for me as well. And you know, Billy Napier, he's a really good coach, and and it's it's great that you know uh, we get to see these two face off in the Sun Belt. But it's extremely hard for both teams. Uh, but yeah, App State playing tremendous against them. And then finally, you know, the goals and and, and the excitement about the season. You know, we're. I want to give you guys optimism uh, in during this time, and you know, we you can sit, you can sit there and on you know social media, and you can watch the news, and it can just be absolutely depressing uh, as you hear about you know the amount of people that are being infected, the amount of deaths that are happening uh, in our country and the overall world. I mean, it's sad. So let's get excited for football. Let's 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 be excited for the fall let's have our head up you know uh prepare for the worst i think we're going to have a football season i mean i'm not as i think we will or or to some extent uh so let's prepare for a football season right and let's hope that everything will be back to normal and our country will come out of this stronger but but really he was just talking about football i just want to get back to the office i just want to get back and work i like being around the guys tremendous coach you can tell it uh just through the interview super excited to see where these guys go uh this year's schedule obviously as as it is right now uh i'll i'll tell you guys where they're going to be playing uh obviously all these things are subject to change depending on you know state regulations coronavirus testing all that kind of stuff but uh they start off home against morgan state they go on the road at wake forest uh and then they go up to Madison at Wisconsin. That should be a super fun game to watch. Home against UMass. Home against Louisiana. Lafayette uh, at Georgia Southern. Home against Arkansas State at ULM. Uh, at Texas State. Uh, home against Georgia State. And then uh, they finish off at Coastal Carolina and Troy for Senior Day. And then obviously they have the, the East-West Championship game there uh, would be on December 5th, uh, which I believe Appalachian State will be uh, there playing in it. But really, again, super excited to, to see these guys. We follow them really close. Uh, I actually reached out on eBay. I'm having all this little mini helmet made for me uh, just because I really do like it. And again, it was our first FBS. Uh, I mean, we talk a lot I'm willing to talk football. I love the FBS. I love the FCS. And that was a great, uh, great interview. Excited to see where these guys uh, come I be- uh, or come to this next year. Uh, I believe that the AP Top 25 has not been released yet, but we'll definitely, uh, when they make that release, obviously it's all speculation, but I am willing to bet that App State is in the Top 25 to start off the season. because, uh, And then we'll release our Top 25 as well and then compare it once when they uh, release theirs. But honestly, you know, we talked about them playing Penn State and we talked about them playing North Carolina and South Carolina this these past years, right? This last year, you know, beating North Carolina uh, at North Carolina and then beating South Carolina on the road. I mean, those are two tough games. Well, they're at Wake Forest and at Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, two years ago, they were home against Wake Forest, but they lost by one point and, you know, a couple extra points that they missed and a field goal. Let's see if they can get some revenge on Dave Clawson's uh, Demon Deacons. I would love, love, love to see him go up to to, to Madison and win. Uh, but, again, once when we kind of find out everything, we'll release our predictions for the upcoming season. Uh, once when we find out, you know what conferences are going to be playing and 
and all that jazz. All right. Well, this has been another edition of Get the Ball Rolling uh, with our coaches interview uh, session. Be sure, again, reach out uh, to us on Twitter at GetRolling19. Always able to, to be posting updates there, uh, trying to be kind of an informational Twitter Twitter feed right there uh, so you guys kind of know the updates in college football. And then also we'll uh, be following uh, Appalachian State, providing updates there, and then all the other coaches that come on the show. But, again, big shout-out to, to Coach Watts out of Appalachian State. Good luck this year. Uh, go Mountaineers. We're not biased in any way, right, but go Mountaineers. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, no, we, we love them. We, we're grateful for the opportunity. So I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Stay, stay safe. Uh, do what you got to do to get through this pandemic, and uh, we're going to keep on praying and hoping for football. Have a wonderful week, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll be back again. Um, until next time, let's keep the ball rolling.